This is a, a sermon series that we are doing on uh, evangelism because it was just so clear at the All Church Retreat that the Holy Spirit was really, really excited about empowering people in this church uh, for gathering in. This is a real season of gathering in, a, a great season of harvest. Narayan's part of that. Uh, but he, of course, comes in a long line of uh, evangelists, evangelistic uh, ministers from this church. Uh, and so this morning, I thought it would be cool to hear from Mindy, who uh, is way better than hearing from me. Come on up. Thank you. Uh, founding member of the church, uh, was gone for almost eight years in, in Indonesia and doing some pioneering work there. Father God, I pray that all of the authority and the wealth that you have put in this woman uh, would um, be shared with all of us this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would stir her up in her gifts, that um, she would reflect the best of the faith that you have given her and that we would reflect it back. I pray, Father, for faith in this house, and I pray for harvest on this island. In Jesus' name, everybody says? Amen. Amen. Mindy Thank Swanson. you so much. Hi, Blue Water. <laughs> hey. Uh, so, yeah, I, I might know a little bit about evangelism, but even to me, that's kind of a scary word. I don't, don't consider myself an evangelist, but uh, for those of you who don't know me, uh, I was in Indonesia for eight years. I was trained up. I was sent out. I was uh, supported by this community uh, to start disciple-making movement in Indonesia of, of Muslims coming to Jesus and loving Jesus and teaching other Muslims to also dis be disciples. Uh, and for eight years, what I did was I went out and loved people and talked about Jesus and tried to show them that Jesus was right in front of them. Uh, it went, it went. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I had a vision about halfway through my time there um, from God, and, and he showed me just literally pounding the pavement with my hand, just this pounding the, the street, and a tiny crack would open up, and I couldn't get it to go any further. And then some green things started growing up out of the crack, and they're what kind of broke open the street and finally broke open the ground and, and allowed uh, more development to happen. And I feel like that's what happened. So for about seven years there, I was loving people, I was sharing about Jesus, um, and it wasn't until my last year that I actually uh, got to partner with some Indonesian missionaries who came to my city, uh, and we built a team. Uh, you know, in this whole process, I had built a judo dojo to be part of the community, and I finally started to see some baptisms happen, I felt like, hey, I have a team, things are happening. And then God started to talk to me about leaving. And then the pandemic hit, and I had to leave. I got out of there as borders were closing. Just this past summer, I got to go back and visit and kind of say my goodbyes and, and kind of close things out for real. Uh, you know, I, I got the chance to, to bring back 13 black belts to my kids and kind of pass off the judo dojo to them. Um, call up each one of them and say how I saw them grow from the time I saw them in elementary school until, you know, they're adults now in black belts and um, what I see God doing in their lives. They're all still Muslim, but I see God working in their lives. 
Um, my team is still there, uh, still seeing baptisms happen, still seeing discipleship happen. Uh, you know, I, I kind of started them out on this journey, and I was a big part of their lives for more, almost a decade, and then I left, and they had to figure things out on their own uh, without me. Uh, when I went back, I got to give this kind of speech to my judo kids and say, like, you know, in judo, every practice, every practice, we start with falling down and getting back up again. We practice falling down, we practice getting back up again. And the pandemic hit, and everybody fell down, the whole world fell down. And look at you guys, you got back up again without me, you're doing this on your own. Um, and I was just so proud of them, right? Uh, so that's a quick recap <laughs> of some of the places I've been. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. A warm-up question for you guys along those lines then is what is something that you have had to figure out on your own? What is a truth that you know for yourself to be true because you have discovered it, you have figured it out on your own? Take 30 seconds. have something? Turn and talk to your neighbor. Turn and talk to the person next to you. Tell them what that truth is. How did you figure it out on your own? Some good stories there, I'm sure. All right, wrapping it up. All right, and we're back up here. Thank you guys for participating. I'm sure you could go on and on. You guys know a lot of things. You guys have had lives that have taught you a lot of things, right? Um, just a, a silly story for myself. So when I was a kid, I grew up in, in Minnesota. And, <laughs> and in the wintertime, of course, the front walkway would get very, very slippery. Um, and one morning, uh, I was going off to school with my mom and and she kind of yelled into the house, hey, the front walkway is slippery. And I come barreling through the door as fast as I can and slip and almost crack my head open on the front steps. And, and my mom, who is, if you know me, imagine someone 100 times more patient and 100 times more kind. <laughs> and that's my mom. Uh, and she turns to me and she says, you idiots! <laughs> I told you it was slippery! And, and I've never let her forget it because it is the one time I have seen her just lose uh, her cool. Um, but I, I had to figure that out for myself, right? Like, I was not going to listen. I was just like, I had to figure it out on my own. I think the, the lessons that we learn on our own stick with us so much more clearly um, and so much more strongly than things that people just tell us, right? Um, and if that's the case, it kind of begs the question, well, what's our role in evangelism then if we want people to be discovering things for themselves? Um, begs the question, why am I here talking to you and not letting you go out and discover things on your own, right? Um, but I think that there are some lessons to be gained uh, from kind of exploring how we do this and how we lead people into discovery. Um, and we're going to look at a Bible passage and kind of dissect it and see how Jesus did it uh, and try to talk about how maybe I've done it in the past and some stories. So 
Um, we're going to read through the, the story of the Samaritan woman at the well. And this might be a very familiar story to you. Uh, and so we're going to do it a little bit differently, okay? Um, we're going to do two, two different things. First thing, I'm going to have you guys play the role of the woman and Jesus, okay? So kind of this half of the room, wherever you see the, the woman speaking, you're going to speak for the woman. Whenever you see the quotes of the woman speaking, you're going to have say her lines. And this half of the room, you're going to play Jesus, all right? You guys are going to say whatever Jesus says in the passage, right? Um, I will be the narrator, and I will play the disciples in this. Okay, so we're going to do that. And then as we go through it, I want you to kind of be noticing and picking out three specific things, right? So if the story is familiar to you, you might already have an idea of what it is. Uh, but the three things I really want you to notice is first, uh, what is unexpected in this story? Uh, so what, what do people do that is kind of out of the norm, that doesn't make sense, uh, that is kind of a disruption to the normal way that things go? Second one, what does Jesus see that others don't? What insights does Jesus have that others are not seeing? Okay. And the third one, uh, how is discovery shared in this story? Is it hard? Is it easy? How is it shared? Okay, so uh, the unexpected insights and sharing discovery. That's what I want you to notice. Make sense? Okay, uh, here we go. So it'll be up in the big board there. Uh, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, his disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, For Jews do not associate with the Samaritans. Jesus answered her, The woman said, Jesus answered, The woman said to him, He told her, She replied, oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, Jesus said to her, The woman said, Mine's a little different, I apologize. Jesus declared, 
the woman said. Then Jesus declared, Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman, but no one asked, what do you want, or why are you talking with her? Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, They came out of the town, they made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something! His disciple, uh, but he said to them, His disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? Said Jesus. Good job. Way to way to recover. Well done. Okay. hard to be Jesus, huh? <laughs> Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. What did the woman's testimony? Oh, apo apologies. Uh, she, he told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. He stayed two days, and because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves. We know this man is really the savior of the world. All right. So the three things that I asked you to kind of notice in that passage, right? The first one uh, was kind of the unexpected, right? The, what, did, what did Jesus do? What did people do that was out of the norm, um, and I think that the most obvious one, right at the very beginning of the story, uh, Jesus asked the woman for water, right? Jews don't talk to Samaritans. Guys don't really talk to ladies they don't know in this culture. It's, it's out of the ordinary. Um, who picked that up? Who saw that one? You saw that one? Good job. Bronze star. Okay, that's an obvious one. Uh, I think a second one is then the woman becomes willing to interrupt others. She becomes unexpected to others, right? So she goes into the town. Maybe they're expecting her. This is a woman who's had multiple husbands who probably doesn't want to draw attention to herself. She's probably used to being quiet and kind of uh, out of the way. And she goes to the city and tells everybody, hey, pay attention. There's this thing going on uh, and really stands out in a way that is unexpected, right? Uh, did anybody see that one? You notice that one? Okay, silver star. Uh, who saw three more things that were unexpected? At least three more things. You see at least three things? Did anybody see four things? Five? Who gets the most points in heaven? Okay. They're all over the story, right? They're all over the story. There are these unexpected moments, things where you don't really 
it's not what normally happens in that situation, yeah? Um, and I think uh, it's so important that we often need that interruption, we often need that disruption in our lives to break us out of our normal thought patterns so that we can discover something new. Kind of makes sense that if we're always thinking the same way, we're never going to discover anything new, right? Uh, for myself, it was super easy in Indonesia to be unexpected and disruptive. I was the only white person in the city. And so just my very presence there was unexpected for people. And it opened up all these doors. Conversations immediately happened of, why are you here? And I could talk about God wanting me to be there. And I could talk about how I followed Jesus there. Um, I would, because I was friends with, with all my Muslim neighbors and, and families, uh, I would use the language they use. So if something exciting or, or scary happened, I would say, Alhamdulillah. You know, walking into a house, I would say, Assalamu alaikum. Um, and, and they would pause and say, this, this doesn't really make sense. You know, they would ask me about my religion. And then I would say, well, I don't really follow a religion. I follow Jesus. You know, I don't think religion is the thing that's going to save us. I think only God can save us. Uh, and so I follow Jesus. And for a people whose religion is literally on their ID cards, on their licenses, this totally didn't make sense to them. It was totally unexpected, right? And so it was easy for me in Indonesia. Maybe here I'm a little bit easier <laughs> to overlook. Uh, I fit in a little bit more than I do in Indonesia. Maybe you feel like it's hard for you to be disruptive. Maybe you feel like it's hard for you to kind of break people out of their normal thought patterns. Um, I think that we can all know one person in our lives, though, that, that has to be kind of shift their mindset that is stuck in these thought patterns, stuck in these expectations of what the world thinks of them, that could use us disrupting that, right? Uh, so um, maybe... You know, you know somebody who just thinks they're a failure and, and all they see is the ways that they've failed. And you go into their life and you start saying like, hey, this was amazing. Did you, did you see that you did this, right? You're disrupting their thought patterns. They're not a failure, right? You see the things that they're doing right. Uh, maybe you, somebody who is just so busy and so overwhelmed, you go to them and say, hey, you're a great mama, right? I see that you're a great mama. I see what you're doing. Um, to take care of your family. Um, maybe somebody who thinks nobody likes them, they have no community, and you say, hey, come over for a meal. Um, you know, I want to be your friend. Uh, if you have trouble with this, the easiest way that you can do this is to join one of our homeless outreaches. Um, we just had one with our, our small group at Chinatown last week. I know Kwok and Lila do one every month down in Waikiki. Homeless people are so trained to think that nobody wants to look at them, right? Everybody looks away, nobody wants to interact with them. If you just take the minute to actually look at them, introduce yourself, right? See them as a human being, it breaks their thought patterns, right? It breaks into their world and their expectations in a way that can help them to discover something new, yeah? Um, I think in addition to breaking people out of their thought patterns, right, something that is super useful in that is then having 
insight into them, seeing them as God sees them. Yeah. Uh, and so that was our, our second point, the second thing that I asked you to notice in the scripture of like, what did Jesus see that others didn't? What did he notice that others didn't? Yeah. Uh, so last week we talked about, you know, listen to God and keep your eyes open, right? Notice things and be hearing from God at the same time. Um, and it's really a big key in helping people to discover what God is doing, to see what God is doing in them and call it out. So, you know, this woman at the well, she was at the well in the middle of the day, which is not a common time for women to be drawing water at the well. Uh, you know, Jesus had this prophetic insight into her marriage situation. I think what he was really saying is, hey, I can see that you're working really hard to provide for yourself. I can see that it's really hard for you right now. If you had any other way of getting water, if you had any other way of, of providing for yourself, you would do it, right? Um, calling that out in her that, yeah, things are, things are rough for you. I can see that. Um, and, and God sees that. Uh, you know, and then she starts talking about things of faith. And, and he says, a time will come when you will worship in spirit and in truth, right? He calls her out as a person who wants to be a worshiper, um, a person who wants to worship in spirit and in truth, right? She's concerned about how God wants to be worshiped. Is it over here? Is it over here? Where do I worship him? How do I worship him? And Jesus calls that out in her and says, yeah, I can see that you want to be a worshiper, right? He calls out that good in her. Um, and this never fails to open people up, right? When you call out the things that you see God doing in them. Uh, I love to do this. I love to do this so much. So with, you know, I, I told you I brought 13 black belts to my, to my kids in Indonesia. Uh, every time we did a promotion at the club, I would write out a little uh, thing, right? I would pray over the kids. I would write out to them what I see God doing in their life. Maybe it's a little prophetic word. Maybe it's just a way that I see their character developing. And, and it, you know, it means so much. It really does um, when people call that out in you. Uh, I went to one of my kids' house one time, and, and he had that little slip of paper. It was, it was just torn out of a notebook. It wasn't even cut out nicely. <laughs> it was just torn out and handwritten. And he had it pasted up on his wall next to the family photos. Like, that's how important these things are when you can call out what God is doing in someone's life. Um, I had one woman that I was in relationship with um, for a while towards the end of my time in Indonesia, and she was very concerned about being correct in the Islamic religion. She, you know, was in these, all these text groups, always trying to say, like, okay, you got to pray this, and then, you know, at this time, you got to do this, and you have to eat this and not this, and... Um, you know, it, it was such a burden to her, right, uh, to always have to be thinking about all these rules. And I could have looked at her and said, oh, man, she's, she's super religious. Like, I, I probably can't go there. Like, she does, she's not interested in Jesus. She's super Muslim. She's so Muslim. <laughs> but what I saw was, no, she really wants God. She wants to do things right. She's trying so hard to do things right, and it is such a burden on her. 
Um, and it, it's disconnecting her from the very people that she wants to get approval from, uh, you know, that are in her text chains, that are feeling judged by her. Uh, and so I would pray with her over and over again. And at one point when we were praying together, she told me, you know, when you pray with me, I, it's different. It feels like God actually loves me, like, like a little kid, right? Um, like a daughter. And, uh, and so she asked if she could come and, and learn how I prayed, thinking that it was still like this ritual. Like I pray this way, I do these actions, and then you know it's done, and, and we go on about our day. And so she spent the night with me and my roommate, and we talked late into the night about God and prayer, and then um, we finally went to bed. And in the morning, as she was waking up, she, she started to have this vision, and she saw this, this angel in front of her. Um, and my roommate and I kind of walked her through this vision, and this angel, she said, took her uh, into this room. It was super bright. She couldn't see me and my roommate anymore, but she could hear, feel our hands, and uh, she said, the angel said, okay, just stay in this room until I open the door um, and let you out. Learn from uh, these two ladies what to do. I'll open the door when it's time and let you back out. And so you know, she eventually kind of came out of this vision and, and she looked at us and was just like, what do I have to do? <laughs> you know, tell me what to do. And, you know, we, we kind of led her through, well, how do you feel about Jesus right now? <laughs> you know, like, how do you feel about letting Jesus decide your life and be, be kind of Lord, right? Be, be the one who is good enough to take care of you um, and kind of set aside all of your rules and try to go with Jesus. Um, and we prayed with her, and then um, she's like, okay, what's next? <laughs> so I said, well, let's, let's get some breakfast. Let's eat something. And then uh, how do you feel about baptism? Let's, let's talk about baptism. And we baptized her in, in my bathroom um, that day and had her practice baptizing us so that she felt fully equipped um, to do everything that a disciple does. Every time that you can see what God is doing in someone is, is precious, right? It's precious to them. It's, it's precious to the person who gets to see it. Um, and it's, it's such a big step in helping people discover uh, that Jesus is right in front of them. Uh, kind of along with this insight, maybe you also noticed in the passage that uh, Jesus had an insight for his disciples as well, right? Uh, I, I see this scene. So there, the, the woman has gone back to the city to call all the people, and the disciples are with Jesus, and they see this crowd coming towards them, right? And they're like, oh, I know what's going to happen now. Jesus, get ready. You want to you eat something? Like, it's going to go down. Like, we're going to have to work really hard here. <sighs> Things are about to happen. And, and Jesus has this insight and says, no, you guys, no, this evangelism, this isn't work. Helping people discover me is not work. It's nourishment. It's, it's food to your soul. This is, this is the feast that we're waiting for. These people coming towards us are ready to discover. Um, and it is, it is yeah, beautiful and, and life-giving. Um, so it's that, that shift in mindset, right? That even, even us, we have this, this thought that evangelism is such a scary word. <laughs> it's it's uh, so hard to do. Um, but if we think about it as really just helping people discover Jesus right in front of them, um, 
hopefully it becomes more nourishing to us, yeah? And we can listen to God and keep our eyes open. Uh, the last thing that I asked you to notice was just how easy it is to share the discovery, right? So she goes off. She is so excited about what she's learned. She, she is just actually the first one in all of history to learn that Jesus is the Messiah. He revealed it to her, right? Um, and she's so excited by this discovery that she goes off and she tells everybody. Uh, I think there's a truism that goes like, you know, new believers are the best evangelists, right? Because they're so excited about what they're learning. Everything's new. Everything's uh, fresh and, and it's, it's a discovery. And we have to kind of keep that discovery process, right? We have to get caught up in that spirit of discovery with one another. Um, I love living in K2 because it's something that we do for each other so well, is notice that we are all growing. We are all discovering. Like, if anybody ever has it all figured out at K2, they should probably leave <laughs> because it's not the place for people who have it all figured out. It is the place for people who are discovering things. Um, I can't tell you the number of times that John discovering things about being a parent to, to Kate and Charlie has, has sparked discoveries of my father-daughter relationship with God, right? Or talking with Will and Elton about single life has sparked <laughs> discoveries about my romance with Jesus, right? It's just this beautiful opportunity we have when we share our discoveries, when we're excited. Um, we don't think that we should know it all already. Uh, we share our discoveries with others. It allows them to also discover, yeah? Uh, that's the three things, okay? That's the three things that I think are the keys in helping people discover is really just be disruptive. It's, you know, go out, look at what God is doing in people, call it out, and share your own discoveries, right? Um, I kind of want to wrap it up the way that Jesus did by saying that people are ready to discover. Um, the hard work has been done. Uh, I know there's so many people in this room who have been praying so long for family members, uh, for friends, for strangers. I think of my kids in Indonesia and how I would feel if somebody is there for them when they're ready to discover, when they're ready to make that discovery and somebody is there to lead them into it. That's what we want, right? And we can be that person for someone else's person that they've been praying into, that they've been crying over, um, that they've been trying for so long, um, waiting uh, for them to be ready to discover. Um, you know, you never know how much love and tears and prayers have gone into the person in front of you because they probably don't know how much love and tear and prayers have gone into them. Um, but we get to help them to discover and to have this life um, that I think is, is a wonderful life to have. So with that, I would love to pray for you. Uh, I think if there are specifically, if there are people who have never had the opportunity to help someone discover, if there are people who have 
who have never been with someone in that discovery moment where they figured out that Jesus is right in front of them and you want that, uh, maybe you could just stand up, right? If you want that first moment of, oh, yeah, I can help somebody discover. Um, is there anyone here who would want that? We can pray for you. Father God, we thank you for always being right in front of us, ready for us to discover more about you. God, we thank you so much for the excitement of discovery. Um, and we thank you for the opportunities to help the people in front of us to do that. I just pray especially for these folks who are standing right now, uh, that they would get that opportunity this week, Lord, that they would have someone in front of them uh, who is ready to discover you, um, that they would know the words to say to disrupt them out of their thought patterns, that they would know uh, something true about that person from you, uh, that they would get the chance, Lord, to, yeah, to lead that person into knowing you. Bless us all with the energy, uh, with the excitement, the passion for discovery. And Lord, I, I pray for all those who are discovering Jesus for the first time right now, um, who have just realized that Jesus is in front of them, who have realized that uh, this, this moment is, yeah, is not about rules, is not about uh, hard work. It's just about discovery. Yeah, we pray for those people to be excited in what they've found, to be able to share it with others. Um, lead us all deeper. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>